here this morning. Good to have you out with us on another beautiful day the Lord has uh, blessed us with, and certainly uh, we're happy to be here. I just, I hope this is our last drive-up service we have to have, and uh, we'll be able to safely meet together uh, from here on out. Certainly uh, look forward to that. I'll go over the announcements uh, that we typically do, and then uh, I'm going to go back over the steps on it reopening the church we've added a couple of things in there uh, as well of course uh, you can t continue to send me your prayer request uh, either by text uh, on my cell phone or email to the church email or you can call uh, the church phone number and leave it on the machine and uh, I'll be able to get those that way and then I'll continue to do the prayer list uh, through uh, the text and the one call as we have done in the past. So, uh, and then we will continue even though that we will be having uh, in-person services starting Wednesday night. Uh, and then Sunday we will have at 11 o'clock our, our services and I'll get into that a little bit more here in a minute. Uh, we will continue to broadcast on Facebook Live just as we have on Wednesday nights and Sundays as well. So uh, just bear that in mind. Uh, you can continue to mail in your offering or uh, to P.O. Box 197, Keeby, Kentucky 40737. And uh, still yet, even though that the things, the restrictions are loosening up a little bit, if you're still not comfortable with coming uh, or go going out and you need someone to uh, pick up groceries or medicine for you, just let us know. We can do that. And then on Facebook, if you drop out or if you have trouble with it scrolling, uh, usually if you will just back out of that and come back into it, uh, that resolves the issue. Now, let me, uh, let me go over the steps that we've taken and, and what we'll need to do, what we'll need to follow to reopen church. And I, we, have the, we have the church cordoned off so that uh, basically every other pew is what we'll be using and on both sides all the way down upstairs uh, we have it fixed we can seat six there and should we fill up in here we have the fellowship hall set up for another 16 people so uh, we should have ample room to do that now uh, as always if you do not feel comfortable with coming to church uh, Wednesday night or Sunday we completely understand. We're still gonna do the Facebook. You still will be able to see that uh, and be part of the service. It will look a little different because of going over prayer requests. We don't want those out uh, publicly. So uh, we're gonna uh, still respect the privacy and then what you'll see is it'll come on at communion time. And Wednesday night it will come on when we begin to do uh, our study time as well. If there's a wind blowing in Laurel County, it blows up here. That's all I know. <laughs> um, so, having said that, we will we do have mask and hand sanitizer, plenty of hand sanitizer, plenty of mask for anyone that would like to use those. The communion, the bulletins, and the offering will be no touch. I have a table set up right at the top of the steps 
so that when you come in, you can get your bulletin, drop your offering in the basket, and pick up however many communion cups you need for that day. And then once you get that, you move on to your seat. Uh, having said that, let me just go ahead and stop. When we, when we come into the parking lot, in order that we continue to adhere to the guidelines that we're supposed to, uh, I'll ask that when you come up, you stand here on the porch where I am. This door is going to be propped open, so you won't have to touch, touch no doors to get in. And should we be having bad weather, should it be raining, it'll be the side door. And uh, that way it'll be propped open and you'll have some shelter to stand under for that. Uh, you come up and just simply look up, see if there's anyone at the table. If there's no one there at the table, come on in, get your stuff, and move on through. And then that way we're not going to be congregating up uh, together. So uh, uh, seating inside the church. As I said, we're using every other pew. A family of uh, two or three or more will have the whole pew to themselves. If you come in as a couple or individual, I'm going to ask that you sit on either end of the pew, up to two on each end. So uh, we'll have that spacing all the way around. Uh, when church is over, we're going to dismiss one row at a time, uh, starting with the back row first. And once that uh, row has dismissed, then the, the next back row will dismiss and we'll continue on until we get to the, to the front of the church. So uh, we've got that all worked out and it should be easy enough to do. Now, if you use the restroom while you're here, we have Clorox wipes in every bathroom, both here and in the fellowship hall. All we simply ask you to do is you go through and you take one Clorox wipe and wipe down every surface that you touched, uh, open the door with it, throw it in the garbage when you leave and everybody will be safe that way. The church will be cleaned after uh, each service or it may be easier to say before we have church again so it'll be cleaned as well serving list I had some questions about that our serving list will remain the same if you've got prayer you'll still be going to be called on to pray if you've got communion uh, scripture you can be called on for that if you have opening scripture only thing that will be different is obviously we're not serving communion you won't you won't be serving communion that Sunday until we're able to to do that the restrictions are loosened and as always if you're sick or if you're displaying any kind of symptoms we're running a fever uh, just don't come to church uh, turn on Facebook or watch it on YouTube and and uh, certainly we encourage you uh, if you need to go to the doctor go to the doctor so uh, we've uh, well I think what the steps that we've taken uh, is really all that we can do it's every practical step that we can implement and uh, we're going to use common sense and just leave the rest in the hands of the Lord. And I look forward to, to meeting back here next Sunday. So uh, certainly, uh, again, I encourage you, if you're comfortable with coming out for services, I encourage you to come out. And if you're not, I encourage you to stay at home. Nobody's going to think anything about it. And we certainly respect your decision in that respect. So uh, certainly, again, it's good to see everybody here. Good to have you with us on Facebook. Sorry about the little difficulty there earlier. Um, Watching on YouTube later. Uh, maybe you're going to tune into the MP3 broadcast or via CD. Good to have you, whatever the case may be. So, uh, uh, prayer request, as we've always done in the past. Of course, you know, I've sent out the, your list throughout the week. 
but we always need to keep in prayer our uh, president and his team, especially as they begin the, the, the pretty tough task of opening this country back up, and uh, the governor as well, our local officials, uh, always remembering our health care workers, our first responders, men and women in the military, and of course, uh, even though the restrictions have been lifted a little bit as far as visiting in the hospital, uh, I think it's one person can visit per patient now, and uh, that's better than no communication. So certainly we ask that you continue to be in prayer for the folks in the hospitals, nursing homes. I don't think they're still allowing any visitors in a nursing home. And of course, the funerals are so much different today. Uh, I encourage you to uh, continue to keep in prayer for the folks that's lost loved ones and our nation, and as we in our state and our county uh, check the computer, unless the numbers on the computer was wrong, we're, we're still at 22 cases in Laurel County, and uh, that's a blessing that we have no more than that, and that may be due to testing, that may be due to the fact that, that we just don't have uh, all that many cases here, and, and that's a wonderful thing, and we hope it stays that way. So we need to continue to be in prayer for that as well. So what we'll do now is we will uh, we will have our uh, prayer time, and then uh, after that I'll have our opening scripture, and then we'll go into our song service. So if you would, bow with me as we pray. Almighty God and our most gracious and heavenly Father, Lord, we're thankful for this day and the many blessings that you've given. We're thankful, Father, for this beautiful weather that you've given us so that we can meet here together today. And I just pray your blessings upon every family that's assembled together with us today, whether they be here in person in the parking lot or uh, if they're following us on Facebook or will be watching on YouTube. Lord, I just pray your blessings upon them. And Father, as uh, our nation and our county and our churches uh, begin to move forward to reopening and to having uh, services again, I pray your blessings upon all of the uh, churches and the folks that were able to put the the right precautions in place and that we don't see any kind of ill effects from meeting back together Lord and I just pray uh, your blessings upon that and we look to you for your protection and, and your providence Father in all things we continue to ask that you bless our nation's leaders our state leaders and county leaders as they uh, continue to strive to make efforts to uh, get our lives back to somewhat more normal for our health care workers that are providing care for us throughout this pandemic and, and every time that we go and call upon them. We just pray your blessings upon their work, that they work skillfully, and that everything that they do is to the benefit of each patient. Our men and women and the first responders, uh, at our call, they come to us. Uh, regardless of the danger, personal risk that they may face, we pray your blessings upon those brave men and women, Lord, and their families that support them, as well as the men and women in the military that work so hard to provide our freedoms and secure those each and every day, and the families that support them. Lord, we continue to pray for those that are mourning at this hour, that have lost a loved one, and pray your comfort upon them, and let them know that uh, they are in our thoughts and in our prayers. And for those that are separated uh, at this time in medical facilities, whatever type, whether it's a nursing home or a hospital, restrictions are in place and the families cannot be there at this uh, time of their need. We pray your blessings upon them as well, Lord. 
And Father, we, we've had a good uh, prayer request that's been answered. We've seen uh, you working throughout the past couple of weeks, and we thank you for the answered prayers that you've uh, bestowed upon the individuals and families that we've lifted up to you, and pray your continued blessings upon the, them for their recoveries. And pray, Father, for the new folks that are on our prayer list, that uh, whatever the need is, that you would fulfill that need according to your will. I pray now, Lord, you go with us through the remainder of this service. Find everything that we do pleasing in your sight. And may everything that we do here today bring you glory and be in the name of our Savior and your Son, Jesus Christ. And it's his, his name that I pray. And amen. Our opening scripture this morning is John 14, verse 2 and 3. Not a scripture that you'd be unfamiliar with, especially in light of the, the past month, really, with Easter. But uh, we're going to go a little different direction this morning in our study or in our sermon, however you want to look at it. So if you would turn in your Bibles to John 14, verses 2 and 3. Jesus says, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go and prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. All right. Now we'll go into our song service, and let Brother Tony step up and uh, do the thing that he does. They've done a great job getting everything set up and together, so you should have a song list, and, and that first song is uh, How Great Is Our God. Yeah. 
first, second, and third verse, just over in the glory land. Just over in the glory land, just over in the glory land, I'll join the happy angel band, just over in the glory land, there to sing God's praise and their glory share, just over in the glory land, just over. 
morning's communion scripture so if you want to go ahead and and get your uh, communion prepared uh, we're going to do this like we would in, in church we'll have uh, I guess uh, we have our communion hymn we'll do it next Tony we'll do our communion hymn and then I'll have uh, communion scripture and uh, prayer so if you want to go ahead and prepare to uh, for communion uh, this morning's communion hymn is I Remember. Shed on dark Calvary. 
This morning's communion scripture, again, as I said earlier, comes from uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 29. Paul writes here and says, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he gave thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. And after the same manner also he took the cup, and when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do you as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore? Whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Let us pray. Almighty God and our most gracious and heavenly Father, again we come to you thankful for this beautiful day and thankful for the opportunity that we have to come to this time, to come when we remember the sacrifice that Christ made at Calvary's cross, the broken body and the shed blood which these emblems represent serve as a reminder to us that our salvation had a cost. And I pray, Father, that as we take these emblems we would strive to walk closer in Jesus' steps each day looking to you for guidance, seeking your forgiveness when we fail you, but in all things, being willing to share the good news and the gospel of Christ to each person that we meet in either word or deed. I pray that you go with us through the remainder of this service and find everything that we do pleasing in your sight. It's in Christ's precious and holy name that I pray, and amen. Alrighty. Good morning again. You can toot your horn and let me know you're there. <laughs> a couple of things I failed to mention earlier in announcements, and I'll get those knocked out of the way. Of course, we know with Memorial Day coming up, our uh, cemetery committee, I'm not sure how they're going to handle it. Uh, if we're going to still set up a table out there and take donations, but Vernon said that anyone that wanted to uh, to just give him the donations for the cemetery, you can just give that to him directly. And then we'll just have to keep an eye out and see what we end up doing there at the cemetery for the donations on that. So certainly uh, uh, keep those folks in mind because it doesn't matter if we've got COVID-19 or not, the grass still grows out there at the cemetery and it still has to be mowed. So let's certainly continue to support uh, our local cemetery. All righty. 
Turn in your Bibles with me this morning to uh, Matthew. That's where the bulk of our sermon is going to come from today. Uh, again, uh, want to welcome everybody out. Uh, welcome those uh, that are here, obviously. Those that are following us on Facebook or will be watching later on uh, on YouTube or listening on the radio or CD or MP3 broadcast. Uh, as I said, I, I really hope this is the last drive-in that we have to have. So let's just continue to be in prayer for that. Because I look forward to getting back in here. I look forward to us meeting together. Yeah, it's going to look a little different. But I'll take a little different over not being able to meet at all. So, And in whatever the case, whatever circumstance, it's always a privilege to share in God's word with you. And as we all know and are aware, our nation continues to slowly open things back up and it's obvious that there's been a couple of paths two paths to this uh, and I'm not going to talk about paths today I'm not going to talk about which one I think's right and which one I think's wrong because it doesn't matter they're going to do it anyway and it's and that's fine and I'm going to try to comply with best I can and, and move on but I'm certainly glad that we don't look to these folks for our path to the Lord or our path to heaven. Because no doubt, when this COVID-19 thing passes, however long it takes, we're going to hear about this for years. There's going to be blaming and finger pointing for years and years into who knows how many elections because of the way things uh, were handled. One, one group says they can't do uh, not doing nothing right, and the other group thinks we're not doing anything wrong, and, and uh, really... There's no blame to be assigned because this is something new. But whenever we think about the path for the Lord, that's what I want to talk about this morning. At first, I had named this sermon originally Heaven's Path, but it's the Lord's Path. And that's what I want us to think about today and throughout the course of the week. And that's why I asked you to turn to Matthew chapter 7 is where you need to be. Matthew 7 verse 13 and 14 and that may explain why I, I read that from John in the opening scripture I go to prepare a place for you and if I go I'm coming back he says well for us to, to occupy because he says there you may be with me also that's what I want to look at is the Lord's path is how that we may be there also Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7 verses 13 and 14 he says, enter you in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Now that's a, prof a profound statement when you think about what Jesus is saying. He's acknowledging right there in those statements and he's just finished up the Sermon on the Mount but he's acknowledging that many people are going to reject him only a few are going to follow the path his path so that he can come back and take us with him and that's what I want to think about today and I believe if we look a little closer we'll see that Jesus gives us and the, the disciples and over in the Old Testament we have a, a good description of what we need to do. And we can use this to encourage those that maybe are outside the Lord 
are outside that relationship with Christ as well. Jesus gives us two choices, narrow and the broad. And we really will find that we have choices at each point throughout this road, this path. But something that we always have to remember is this. The choice always has been and always will be the choice of an individual. My choice or your choice. And that's uh, what we have to understand. Regardless of the way we see things, we're allowed to make our own choice. Jesus said to enter the straight, the narrow. That's a little more difficult. It takes a little more concentration to go down a narrow path than it does a wide path. But he's also telling them that, especially considering the times that they lived in, that it could be hard. And for some of them, as we know, uh, violent and deadly would cost them a lot. So the path to heaven, Jesus is saying, for them and us today is not easy. Nor is it a cheap path. Because we know it costs the life of Jesus to secure that. If we look over in Matthew chapter 11, verse 11 and 12, we'll see that, that Jesus kind of expands on that violence or that difficulty. He says, Verily I say unto you, in verse 11, Among them that are born of women, there hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist. Notwithstanding, he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent taketh it by force. And he's talking about the sinner coming in, the Gentile, uh, being, it being opened up, a changing or a status, a difference in the status quo. What was normal for the Jew was changing. Those who were in power wanted to stay in power and they were willing to fight to keep that power. And that's what we have to understand is the devil will fight to keep you from entering a relationship with Jesus Christ. To keep you from entering that relationship where Jesus says, I know you. Because he doesn't want you on that narrow path. The devil wants you to walk that easier path, the one that doesn't take so much concentration, the one that doesn't take so much discipline, the one that is broader. And Jesus even said something a little more similar uh, about this, and you'll have to excuse me because if I let, let go of these papers, they're going to go flying all over the parking lot. Over in Luke chapter 16, verse 16. He says, the law and the prophets were until John, and since that time the kingdom of God is preached, and every man presseth into it. So up until John the Baptist came to prepare the way, we know what he did. The law and the prophets is what was required by God, and now we know that there is a new path to heaven, and we have to go alone. We have to enter that gate, go to that gate, by ourselves. We can't take mom and dad, friends, co-workers, because we know and have to understand our relationship with God is a one-to-one -one relationship. And we have to enter into that relationship in the same manner as we do the gate. And that's on God's terms. Not our terms, but God's terms. Now, the world 
and many false teachers, false preachers, relay that it is really easy to be a Christian. There's nothing to it. It's easy to get to heaven. You can come on your own terms. Just find the religion that fits you, that fits your lifestyle, and you're in. You'll see it. You'll read it. And what you're seeing and hearing and reading is lies. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the light. No man cometh unto the Father except through me. That is a narrow path. We have to be alone. We have to be broken to ourselves. If we look back in Matthew chapter 18, verse 3. Jesus says this, Verily I say unto you, Except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Converted as a little child. Well, the innocence, uh, true. Forgiveness, yes. But have you ever thought about the one thing that every child has in common when they're born? They are stripped, they're naked. They don't come out clothed with a diaper on or a onesie or whatever the case is. And that's how we will stand before the Lord. In the same way, we come to God naked, not in a physical sense, but in a spiritual sense. And we must come to him born again. And we can't bring baggage with us. We come on God's terms, not our terms. Just like when a child does something wrong or a child comes to mom and dad, he comes on mom and dad's terms, dependent upon them. Over in chapter 19 of Matthew, verse 16 through 22, we'll see a good example of this we're very familiar with, and that's the rich young ruler. Matthew 19, verses 16 through 22. And behold, it says, Matthew writes, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I might have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, and that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. And he said unto him, Which Jesus said, Thou shalt not do murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And the young man saith unto him, All these things I have kept from my youth up, what lack I yet? And Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell all that thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. And when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. You notice whenever Jesus was going over those Ten Commandments, he didn't say that you shall have no other, I am the Lord thy God, and you shall have no other gods before me, did he? Because that young man, his God was his money. And that's why in his possessions... And that's why he went away sad. And that's what Jesus wanted to make him realize. And it makes us realize this as well. Yeah, maybe we can go through the list of Ten Commandments and say, well, I've never done this, 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 and this. But what about the ones that we've maybe not done so well with? 
then that's why we have to come broken, born again. We have to enter that gate alone. The psalmist, in the first psalm actually, says this, and listen, Psalm 1, and it's just six verses. It says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he, doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. And that's what he writes about. He tells us, God knows the path of both. And he delights in the way of the righteous, or those that are seeking to be pleasing. And what do you do to do that? You meditate on his word. Written on your heart. And he uses the example of the tree planted by the waters. Well, you can imagine that. If you've been to a river bank, been to a pond that's seen a lot of trees growing around it, and they all really do well, doesn't matter what kind of weather we have, the trees always are green and always growing because they're always connected to their source of life. And that's what the psalmist is talking about. When the Christian meditates and studies and puts God's word on his heart and in his heart, you're connected to your source of life. Just like that tree. And the song we see, planted by the waters, I shall not be moved. Why should he not be moved? Because you're connected, you're anchored to your source of life. So that's why we have to have that dependence upon God. And then in contrast, the psalmist says the ungodly, they don't heed the word of God. They make their own way. They want to do things and then have God to say it's okay or have God sanction it or use words like hate, prejudiced, bigot to justify their actions. They're not willing to surrender to God. They're not willing to surrender to his righteousness. People would have you think you can just be your old self and just let Christianity be part of your personality trait when you need to use it. Keep doing what you're doing. If you mess up and you know it's wrong, just say you're sorry and everything's okay and you move on. And that's not what repentance is about. Repentance is realizing you have sinned and having a great desire to never repeat that sin. And we have to come to that gate repentantly. Turning from sin... We have to be transformed, a new creation. Draw up that living water. Produce that fruit that that will allow. That's God's terms. And we have to enter the gate. That path is on God's terms. And if we come on our own terms, terms of self-indulgence, self-righteousness, we'll meet the fate of what the psalmist said in verse 6, perish. God knows the ways of the righteous. And he also knows the ways of the unrighteous. 
Now over in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2, we see something else. Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. That's those that are unrepentant. And that was everyone prior to their accepting of Christ. If you are not covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, you are covered by the evil of the devil, the prince of the power of the air. That's what he says. Walking according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. There is no option C. The world would have you think there's an option C, but there's no option C there. And those folks are just, uh, and you hear them. Oh, I, I, I believe. I'm a religious person. I'm a spiritual person. But they never give themselves over. They never give their desire of the flesh over. They never give themselves over to the desires of God. And that's why I guess that we, when Jesus says, few there be that find it on that narrow path. And it's not hard because it's something that's physically hard for us to do, to be a Christian. It's not hard because it's physically uh, difficult to follow the example of Christ. But what we have to understand is this. When we decide to take that narrow path, the one that Jesus says few there will find it, we declare war on hell and hell fights back. The devil don't want you on that narrow path. He will make it hard on you. He will put temptation in front of you to see you fail and remind you every time you do fail trying to convince you that there is no way that you can repent and ever get back on the right track. That's his job. And it's our job to have faith in Jesus and the Holy Spirit to overcome those types of feelings. Jesus said in Luke chapter 14, verse 26, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Rob, that's pretty harsh. No, that's describing the commitment that Jesus requires, that this narrow path requires. That's the first commandment. I am the Lord your God. You shall have no other gods before me. And that's what Jesus is describing. He even goes on, if you look in 33, So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsake not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. Nothing, if you're on the narrow path, nothing can be ahead of God. Everything has to be behind. Not that you don't love your family. It's not what Jesus is saying. 
He's not saying that you don't love your family. You just don't love, you love him. You love God more. You love doing what they want you to do more than what you want to do. That's what Jesus is saying. In verse uh, Luke 12, verse 31, 32, Jesus says this. But rather seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. God wants you to walk that path and be successful, but you have to seek first His kingdom. And all the other stuff will be added. But when you put those things in front of the kingdom, you're subject to lose those things. And those that never enter the path most certainly will. And that's just the beginning of loss, really. Many are called, but few are chosen, Jesus says. There's people that's walking around that think they're on the narrow path, but they've got things in their way. They're really on the broad path, and the thing that makes it narrow is the obstacles that they placed in front of themselves because they hold a possession more important than God. They hold some kind of relationship more important than God or they're allowing the devil to convince them that they're not good enough that Jesus can't save them and there's no hope for them and that's why the devil wants to and that's how he keeps you on the broad path we need to think about that in our own lives but think about that also and how that we can help others so what about the Lord's path well it's narrow we know that we got to come on it by ourselves. I can't ride in on the coattails of my parents or grandparents. And my kids can't do that. And grandkids or whatever your situation is. Nieces, nephews. I have to strip myself of every desire and make sure that my main desire is what God's will is in my life. I have to be repentant. Not expecting God to to change his mind about something but to me to change my behavior and I have to have utter dependence upon the Lord we can't downplay the gospel we can't manipulate the gospel to suit our needs and I most certainly will not suit, change my message to suit the desire of an unbeliever or someone who is unrepentant I assure you if God set forth five different ways that we can get to heaven I would preach five different ways but we all know that there is one way and Jesus said that and that he is the way so an unbeliever you must change you must change your heart and God can do that because we come to God's gate on his terms and if we don't we don't get to come in the gate we're turned depart from me you worker of iniquity I never knew you that's the departure from that gate and if that happens it's because we came to that gate on our own terms and not God's as I said when we started we have a choice and you can see that all throughout your life I, I, I recognize choices that I've made that have been on the broad path throughout my life but we choose the path that we will take
Yeah, the right path is a little more difficult. It takes a little more concentration. But what it mostly takes is an overwhelming desire to serve God and to do what he would expect us to do. So we all have a choice to make this morning. Now, if you're a Christian, you may be saying, well, Rob, what's my choice? I'm a Christian. Do you have that overwhelming desire to let the Holy Spirit lead you in your life so that you continue to be pleasing to the Lord? Now, if you're not a Christian, that decision is, today I am faced with the fact that I know I have a choice. I can accept Jesus Christ as my Savior today by hearing and believing, confessing Him as Savior, repenting of my sins, being buried with Him in baptism and raised that new creation, walking forward until Jesus returns or I'm called away in death. If you, you have that choice or your other choice is Nope, I'm going to stay with the devil's side, the worldly side. The prince of the air is what Paul wrote. The children of disobedience. And there's no other option. You're either choosing to accept Jesus or you're choosing to reject Jesus today. We're going to sing a hymn of imitation, Just As I Am. And if you have a decision to make, let me know. Stick your hand up, turn your lights on or something. Facebook, YouTube, if you've made a decision, if something that God's word has touched your heart today, call me. Message me on Facebook. Get a hold of me. We'll make arrangements for you to get your relationship right with the Lord. In either case, just as I am will be our invitation to him this morning. Certainly, it's been good to uh, be here with you this morning and uh, have you out. I'll, uh, we'll uh, get ready to dismiss here, and then I'll come over and start moving cones out of the way for you to, uh, to travel on around. Uh, hope you have a good week. I want to invite you to come out on Wednesday night. We will be meeting or have a regular Wednesday night service at 630 and remember that if you're going to watch on Facebook Live, uh, you'll need to tune in at 6.30 instead of 8 o'clock. So uh, certainly do that and 
pass that along to anyone. And I'll do a one call as well. And then Sunday morning, uh, coming up, we will have uh, church services at 11 o'clock. I encourage you to come 15 or 20 minutes earlier. That way we all won't be trying to file in at once and we can space ourselves out. And remember, we can seat at least 60 and still be okay with the one-third number. But at that point, if we get to 60 inside, we'll shut these doors and set over in the uh, send over to the fellowship hall. So uh, I don't think we'll have any trouble seating because we, we can now seat close to 80 people. So we should be okay. Uh, hope you have a great week. Send those birthday uh, announcements in to me, uh, prayer request. So we'll have a good bulletin prepared uh, for uh, our first Sunday back and look forward to that. Hope you have a great week. Lord keeps you safe and in his care. If you would, bow with me as we pray. <coughs> Almighty God and our most gracious and heavenly Father, again, Lord, we're so thankful for this day. So thankful for the many blessings that you've given to us. And so thankful that we're able to come out and meet together this morning on this beautiful day. Father, I pray your blessings upon each family that is assembled here with us today and each family that will be uh, watching later or maybe watching now on Facebook. And just pray your blessings upon them. I pray that they have a good week. I pray, Father, that as churches reopen, your blessings of safety be upon every one of them. And I pray, Father, that we walk forward in faith with Jesus our, our Savior and the Holy Spirit as our guide and knowing, Father, that you care for those that serve you. I pray now everything that we have asked today, pray that everything's been pleasing and pray, Father, that we be a good example of Christ. It's in his precious and holy name that I pray and amen.